This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. In his playing days, he was known as the Igniter. Now, he's here to kickstart your Sunday Twins fix. It's the Paul Molitor Show. You can hit a mistake a long way. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. There's not a lot of guys who can close on balls like that. It was quite a play. Just a dominant start by him. The Paul Molitor Show is sponsored by Killer Brew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Mahler Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris. Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of the Paul Mahler Show. Chris Atterbury, Jack Morris, back in our network headquarters here at Target Field in Minnesota. State Fair rolling along. Busy week here in Twins territory and a huge week on the road for Paul Molitor and the Twins. First five games in Chicago and now on to Toronto where you have a chance to uh, win a series here today. Paul, good morning. How's uh, Toronto treating you this morning? Hey, good morning. Uh, yeah, you know, we've had uh, a beautiful weekend up here. Weather's been great. And, uh, you know, after a couple of years of not faring particularly well up here, hopefully we get out there today and and bounce back from kind of a strange and tough loss yesterday to try to find a way to win this series. Yeah, it was a goofy game yesterday after a solid game, a very complete game the day before. And when you look at the entirety of the road trip, I know there were a couple chances there that slipped away in Chicago. And to me, the the game's kind of divided into two categories, Paul. Uh, really solid, energetic, high energy, good rhythm, tempo games. And then a couple of those games in Chicago just looked a little flat. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, yes, and, and flat can be attributed to, you know, more than just one thing. It's not always necessarily the atmosphere in the ballpark or the energy that your players have. Um, sometimes it's the opposing starting pitcher that can kind of create a, a more dead tempo, if you will. Uh, when you don't swing the bats particularly well and, and aren't having a lot of opportunities with base runners, it, it's going to have that flat feeling, and I think that was the case particularly in those last couple of games in Chicago. Morning, Paul. Uh, just hey, curious about uh, yesterday's game. Uh, you know, you and I have been through many, many games in baseball over our careers, but uh, a little more uh, tough to swallow a game like yesterday where you make a courageous comeback, you're in it right at the end, and then still end up losing. Well, you know, from your playing days, those those are tough. I mean, the, the game took a few turns that, that didn't look uh, particularly good for our, for our club, uh, but we found a way to, uh, you know, put up a big, a big eighth inning there with a, with four runs, and then uh, weren't able to hold down the fort. Um, would love to put up a zero up there in the ninth and put a little more pressure on them and turn up a one-run game instead of a three-run game. And you're not sure if it's going to unfold exactly the same way uh, if indeed they didn't score there in that bottom of the eighth. But, uh, yeah, just to come up a little bit short, it's one of those games where you think back in a 10-9 game and there's – there's a lot of runs that cross their plate really for both teams that, that you think about and, and situations where you could have maybe prevented one or two to make a difference in the final outcome. Paul, give us your analysis of uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. It's a, it's a team that uh, was contending for several years, a very difficult place to win in over the last couple of years, and yet uh, right now they find themselves in last place in the American League East. And 
you're playing a team that you feel pretty good about beating because of the way that your guys are playing. Well, uh, yeah, they've had a little bit of an up-and-down year. Uh, you know, they were right in the mix there, and then they they had a, a rough stretch of seven, eight games, and it's that's all it really takes to kind of bottom out in this wild card race right now. You you have to sustain it each and every day and try to avoid those long stretches where wins don't come, and uh, it can change the dynamic of your season. I, I think if you look at their club and offensively, they're they're still very dangerous. Uh, you know, Donaldson's had a nice resurgence. Smokes had a big year. Morales has always been tough on us. So, you know, we're, we're trying to navigate that lineup the best we can as far as how we pitch. Um, you know, they're pitching a lot of new faces out in that bullpen, including four left-handers, which makes it a little tough on our squad given the fact that we're a little bit left-handed dominant in terms of our everyday players. So, uh, yeah, we, we got a chance to go out there today, and, and Gibby hopefully backs up his outing in Chicago with a good one, and we find a way to solve uh, Biagini today. You talk a little bit about the wild card race, Paul. You find yourself in second place right now as we speak. And uh, do you have any feel for the timing of you got a month to play? And uh, typically it's the team that is really red hot at the end that ends up uh, maybe even rolling out to the very end. Mm-hmm. Kansas City did a few years ago. But do you have a feeling about the timing of uh, the separation between teams and, and when it's really that important that you can't, you know, like you say, go on an extended losing streak at all? Well, when there's this many clubs in the mix, I, I think it's tough for anybody to separate. Uh, it seems like almost every series that we're in, Jack, that you know, a couple of the other clubs of the mix are playing each other, so somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard to create space when there's that many teams involved. I think the fact that this wild card thing has been so bunched for so long, it's probably gotten a little premature attention. Um, as you said, it's a month ago. It, it's not a ton of games, but there's still plenty – uh, things that can happen in terms of how this thing can flip upside down rather quickly over the course of a week. So, um, you know, I, I'm trying to keep these guys' perspectives. We all know these are fun games, um, but each and every day you go out there, you try to think about winning that day, you try to win series, you try to keep yourself uh, in that mix as long as you can. And, and we still got some games, you know, with Cleveland upcoming too. So we're going to just keep trying to win as many games as we can here with just thirty, a little over 30 games to go. Well said. That's manager Paul Molitor. Take our first break. Back with more in a moment on your home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Happy Sunday. It's uh, the Paul Molitor Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Jack Morris in studio. We've got Paul Molitor in Toronto. I'm Chris Atterbury. And, Paul, you've been playing without Jason Castro. Now, Miguel Sano's been on the DL as well. You lost Robbie Grossman, so you're down essentially three starters. But Castro in particular, I know managers love known entities one less thing to worry about and you've essentially been able to plop him behind the plate uh five out of every six seven days knowing chris had the other two games uh and not have to to think about it or worry about it um and now with him gone how big uh of a loss is that when you lose uh, your your backstop well you know he's uh he's done a really nice job acclimating to our organization to our pitching staff um making sure that he's prepared each and every day to give our guys the best chance to execute pitches and hopefully be successful. You know, I think Chris has done a nice job behind the plate uh, when he's got playing time this year, and now we have Mitch up here getting opportunity to uh, to mix in along the way until we get Jason back. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a void just having a, a guy with that type of experience and knowledge. He is just one of the smartest baseball guys I've been around in terms of, you know, how he sees the game, how he thinks about the game, how he plans for, for a game. Um, so that that's a void, and you combine that with you know Robbie and Miggy being out. You know we've we're we're going through a little makeshift period, but you have to do that. Every club deals with some injuries, 
and we're trying to find a way to rise above it. Paul, it's been another week where you have uh, new faces in the bullpen, new faces on the mound, and uh, we're about to uh, get to the point where you get to expand the roster to 40 guys and have a whole lot more headaches to cover uh, on the <laughs> opposition. I know you have expressed you're not a huge fan of it. Uh, any any new thoughts about the expansion of the uh, roster? I, I just think it gets a little crazy uh, having that much much flexibility on what teams might or might not do. And, and you know, you can imagine the – the layers of data that we have now on each and every roster, and when you add, you know, anywhere from, you know, four, five, ten, twelve players, it's it just complicates things. It becomes it becomes really difficult to start trying to play matchup games and all that because they just can keep coming with different people off the bench or out of the bullpen. So it's the way it is. I I, I got a feeling they're going to address that a little bit more seriously and try to way to control that a little bit more going forward. But for now, we have to deal with the way it is. Yeah, it's the only sport where you just completely change the rules for the last month uh, leading into the postseason. Some of the new guys you've had up there, you've had a chance now to get John Curtis on the mound. Uh, yeah, You saw Zach Pinch hit yesterday, got a big hit for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, do you like the way the young guys have approached things when they, when, when they show up? I know that sometimes young guys can show up wide-eyed, just happy sure. to be there. These guys seem like they're ready to jump in and, and grab an oar. Well, I, I think the... The wide-eyedness is is a kind of a normal thing for guys making their debuts. Uh, you hope that over time that they, they begin to settle in. I think uh, for the most part, I, I give our player development staff down in the minor leagues a lot of credit because these guys are coming up here and they have a pretty good feel of what to expect and how it goes. But there's going to be some growing pains along the way, whether you're an offensive player or a pitcher or whoever it might be. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, I, I think it's good. We do have a lot of uh, inexperienced arms out there in the bullpen right now with, you know, Boos and, and Curtis and Hildenberger, and these guys are still kind of trying to find their way and uh, reconstructed Glenn Perkins too. So um, yeah, we're doing the best we can. But I, I think the guys that have come up, Garver, Granite, the position players, um, they feel very much a part of this, and I think they've been doing a good job. Paul, uh, you brought up a point about, you know, guys – taking advantage of their time when they get called up. I'm just curious about the way that uh, baseball has changed in the amount of times you can send a guy back and forth to double-A, triple-A, wherever you want to send him, and then bring him up again a week later. Uh, Is that giving a player less confidence that he can stick? I think it probably affects some more than others, Jack. I I do think that, you know, part of our messaging – when we put people on that shuttle back and forth is that, that they understand it's not always about what they've done or haven't done as, as much as it is it's as way we needed to supplement our roster with, uh, you know, a pitcher for a position player or vice versa. And, uh, you know, you look at, you look at the transactions each and every day. Um, they're, they're more than I've ever seen on a, on a regular basis. And it's just because people are taking advantage of the rules and trying to shape their rosters to give them the best chance every day to win. That's Paul Molitor, Jack Morris. We'll take another break. We'll come back talk about today's starter, Kyle Gibson, when we return on your home for Twins Baseball. It's the Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killabrew Root Beer, and it's uh, made in Minnesota. Uh, where legends are born and made, and we got a couple of them with us here, uh, Minnesota-made legends, Paul Molitor and Jack Morris. And let's talk about Kyle Gibson. Last start was a very good one, Paul, and, uh, boy, the team needed it. Kyle needed it, took advantage of that White Sox team, really executed the game plan. How do you like his matchup against Toronto, and what's key for Kyle to have similar success against this lineup uh, that he had against Chicago? Well, for whatever reason, we've talked about Kyle probably as much as anybody on our team this year. Um, you know, the, the trials and the ups and downs, uh, you know, coming up 
in that game in Chicago and being able to pitch as well as he did, I thought that was a big lift for our team and for himself. I'm hoping the confidence that he gained from that outing and executing pitches when he ran into trouble, you know, bodes well. Uh, you know, the matchup here with uh, Toronto is, is fairly good. Um, some guys have given a little bit more trouble than others. Uh, but, you know, that's always going to be the case. I think Donaldson's got pretty good numbers, and I think Morales has got a homer. I think Pilar's got a homer, some of those type of things. But, yeah, you know, I, I think that, you know, going out there, having a chance to finish this road trip on a good note, I'm hoping he's, uh, you know, just ready to go. I, Kyle's a, a very hard worker. We talk about that as preparation, and, and hopefully he's good to go and he can not only go deep but uh, come away with a victory today. Paul, uh, I'm going to ask you a question that is going to speak for itself, and it's, it, you know, it's it's – going to sound like i'm throwing a guy under the bus but in reality i don't think i am um you get a young kid come up to the big leagues and you spend five years talking about his good days and bad days do you ever wonder if it'll be a shorter period of time somewhere down the road uh about whether the guy is you know you you define what he is and uh you know he finds himself either with a job or, or not with a job at the major league level i think it's a fair question jack um those are those are tough things to address and even speak about at times. Um, you know, my job is to try to build confidence in these people. Uh, you know, you do learn more about people the longer they're around this level in terms of how they might fit in going forward, uh, you know, whether it's a position player or a starting pitcher or a bullpen guy. And, uh, you know, you, sometimes it's, it's, just, it's the rest of your roster and your depth and all those things that keeps giving people opportunities. Uh, but that's just the way it goes. And, and given the fact that we've had to go through so many pitchers this year, maybe some guys have gotten more chances that, that would seem normal. Uh, but in some cases, we haven't had a lot of ton of options. So, yeah. you know, in Kyle's case, you know, there are times when I've thought about, hey, okay, maybe this will be the one where we'd have to make a decision going forward and somehow he stepped up and got himself to the next game. And uh, if he can have a good run from here on out, obviously it's going to really help our team's chances to win. Let's, in speaking with Kyle, and obviously that's who I was referring to, and I know you know that I have such high regard for his character as what yep. kind of human being he is, uh, what kind of good person he is. But as a pitcher, you know, looking at him, how does he have a game like his last outing, one of his best of the year, and not be able to back it up? I mean, he's a guy that has been, like you just said, uh, given so many opportunities for various reasons. And yet today he could go out there and pitch another game similar to that one and almost solidify his chances as you move forward through the last month. Yeah, he can do that. Um, you know, some guys on your roster, I think, jump out in those kind of categories more than others. Um, you know, we're, we try to be patient. Kyle's been around plenty, uh, plenty, you know, in terms of his tenure now that we should have a little bit more consistency there. But reality is those guys that can, you know, pitch around 500 ball and be durable and give you innings are, have value in, t in today's game. You know, we saw a couple of years ago he was one of our better starters throughout the course of the entire season. And, and uh, you know, since that time we've had to talk about the ups and downs. But, uh, yeah, you know, at some point it's not about potential anymore. It's about results. And, and that's we're getting close to that with Kyle. So you've got a guy that's 44 years old, and I don't know as though anybody <laughs> expected him to go out and be as consistent as he has been. He goes out, pitches another good game in Toronto, helps you win the game, the the first game of the series. Bartolo Colon, he's he's just amazing to me. Well, you know, a couple of thoughts. He he has been amazing. He's 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 pitched 
really better than I could have hoped for. I, I, I thought he had a chance to come in here and surprise some people, but I think it's even been a tick above that. You know, I go out to the mound the other night, and he's not a guy you really look forward to taking out of a game, and he's flipping the ball up in the air as you're walking out to the mound. <laughs> just like, you know, just another day. You know, last night I'm on the elevator at the hotel after the game, and I'm in there and, and ask him what his plans were, and he was getting ready to go meet his workout guy to go get a workout in. So it's 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 obviously, you know, he puts time in. He, he still enjoys it. He, he knows how to make adjustments. Uh, but the little run he's given us and a little bit of stability in that spot in the rotation has, has been very positive. You the jefe. You the jefe. You the jefe. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as a 44-year-old guy who's not nearly as consistent and didn't get a workout in yesterday, I'll say, let's take a break. We'll come back and catch our breath. We're back for our final segment of the Paul Molitor Show after this on your home for Twins Baseball. Final segment of the Paul Molitor Show. Again, it's start of a big day of baseball across our network. We'll have Inside Twins. Uh, Corey Provis will be along uh, right around 11. Uh, we'll get into our pregame lineup card at 11.30, and then we've got baseball. Kyle Gibson will start for the Minnesota Twins. And, Paul, I'm sitting here looking across the table at Jack, and I'm thinking about what Jack Morris would look like on Players Weekend. Would he have the socks? Would he have a funny-colored glove? Would it say... You know, happy on the back of his jersey. Like, how, how has this whole weekend gone for you? Well, I think the players have enjoyed it. Um, I think the fans have responded positively to it. Um, you know, up here in Toronto, we've seen a lot of fans wearing uh, the nickname T-shirts around of their of their club. So, you know, it's it's been good. I I, I get it. Marketing is huge, and in, in our game today, we have, you know, we have we uniforms for all different types of occasions throughout the summer whether it's you know memorial day or fourth of july or father's day and mother's day um it's it's just kind of the way we've trended and um you know i think the people like like the variants so i think our game itself is pretty good but i think we still try to find ways to dress it up do you think we'll find a way someday to have advertising on socks and hats and maybe even the shoes uh, more so uh, you know they'll have the brand name but they'll also have some bank or something else that the uh, major league baseball can market everybody's got their price <laughs> you know i mean i don't, I don't know how it's going to play out but, let's shift uh, gears happy hey, jack yeah. hey. let's fish, uh, switch gears here paul uh, you played for veteran managers you played for young managers you've been around the game for a long long time at this point of the year with a young team that has really been together now for almost two full years, is it necessary to constantly remind them of the importance of every day, or do you just let them go out and experience it themselves and hope that they get it? Uh, you know, it's part of your job is to try to, you know, keep your your hand on the pulse. And, uh, you know, for the most part, I, I think these guys have, have been able to handle that themselves in the clubhouse uh, with player leadership, and that's when I think it works the best. You know, I think the perspective that I try to give guys is at least frequently here or more recently has been about has been one on one. Haven't had a chat talk about a lot to the guys as a group. You know, between now and the end of the year, is there a time where that might happen? Sure. You know, all the, all that. But I, I just think you, if you understand that there's positivity each and every day, the guys feel good about themselves even after some tough losses that we've endured even here in the past week. That uh, you let them figure it out. You know, you're, you you bring the energy yourself. Your coaches bring the energy. Hopefully, the players do as well. 
But, uh, yeah, I, I think everyone kind of gets where we're at, and, and they don't need to be hearing from me each and every day. Yeah, Paul, we got about a minute and a half left. And at the start of the year, spring training, a lot of questions. The young core. Would this young core of offensive guys continue to grow and mature together? I look at August, maybe the critical month of the season for teams. You've been led by those young guys, Buxton, Polanco, Rosario, yeah. Kepler. Uh, that has to be rewarding for you and your staff. Well, it has been. Uh, we talked about early in the year, spring training, whenever, about how these guys, and they're all going to come along at different at different paces. And, you know, there's going to be times where they go backwards a little bit and then hopefully they surge ahead. Uh, you know, with Miggy being out, and he's one of those young guys too, but, you know, you've, you've got Polanco, Rosario, and Buxton hitting three, four, five in the middle of your lineup in big games. So there's been an emergence. I, I think that we're seeing some of the talent that we've talked about and we've seen in glimpses start to pan out on a more regular basis, and that, that obviously bodes well for what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, let's hope that that bodes well this afternoon. Good luck with the Jays. Go ahead and grab that series, and uh, then we'll see you back here uh, to get things rolling Tuesday at Target Field. Sounds good, guys. Have a good one. Good luck, though. Yeah, All right. That's All right. Paul Molitor. He is in Toronto. Twins taking on Joe Biagini in the uh, Toronto Blue Jays today. And, Jack, you've been in enough of these pennant races. Opportunity slipped away in Chicago. Uh, can't let it slip away here today, right, against uh, a guy getting called up to make this start? Well, that's why I asked Paul the question I did earlier, is that, you know, every day is so important. You say that all year long, but it's so magnified here in the month of September, especially when you're in a hunt and the Twins still have a chance to, to roll this thing out. I was going to ask Paul if uh, maybe if he had Bumgarner in his prime and Kershaw and Scherzer, would he feel better about where they're going to go? I think what do you the think? answer would have been yes. I think, well, it depends <laughs> on what the nickname was in the back of the jersey, yeah. right? So, you wouldn't have gone with happy? Seat well, down, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jack Morris, uh, you're off next week? Uh, yes. I All am. right. We'll see you in two weeks. Jack Morris uh, will be back in two weeks. Paul Molitor uh, and the Twins taking on the uh, Jays today north of the border in Toronto. Again, Corey and Rob Anthony at 11. 11.30 is our pregame lineup card. And then we've got baseball Kyle Gibson versus Joe Biagini. Twins trying to win a series and split this eight-game road trip right down the middle before the day off tomorrow. Appreciate you spending some time with us. This has been the Paul Molitor Show, and this is your home for Twins Baseball.